Hey guys, welcome to Conversations That Matter, cell phone edition. I just had a few thoughts, so I figured I'd whip my phone out and just share them with you. I wanted to make this video before the inauguration tomorrow because it has come to my attention that there's a substantial amount of people, and I don't know how many, tens of thousands perhaps, who believe that something is going to happen between now and the inauguration tomorrow to prevent Joe Biden from becoming the president and to secure four more years for Donald Trump. He'll use the military, he'll jail all the bad guys, and it'll be kind of like this, almost like a, this, this big judgment uh, day is, it, that is gonna take place. And so I, I wanted to um, address this. I don't know that there's anyone in this audience who thinks that. Um, I don't think, I, I know a lot of people who believe that, but uh, I think many of you may be connected to people who think that, and, and maybe, maybe some of you do think that. And I want to, without browbeating anyone, because I think I, I've seen a few things where, on, on Twitter especially, where these um, elitist uh, evangelical leaders, uh, if we want to call them evangelical, I don't even know what to call them anymore, are really browbeating anyone who, um, and, and they're expanding it to anyone who even thinks there was voter fraud, is somehow responsible for uh, the most egregious things that took place inside the Capitol on January 6th. And, um, and, and it's a big soup. They're throwing conspiracy theory into it. They're throwing um, all kinds of different groups, right-wing militia groups are responsible for this. Donald Trump's responsible for this. His voters are responsible for this, but ultimately they wanna blame some kind of a Christian nationalism for it. And I've, if you've been following me on social media, I've taken a lot of that apart. I've made some videos where I've um, pushed back on that narrative, showed why it is utterly um, uh, just, just vacuous. But um, there, there is, and this is a legitimate concern I have. There are people, there are, and I don't know how many, I don't think it's that many, but there, there's enough that I, I felt compelled to make this video. There are people who are gonna be disappointed tomorrow because they think that justice is about to be served. And, and so I want to, in this video, just explain why I think that is, and, and then give you a few announcements and a few reflections on the trip that I just took um, to Chicago. So let's start with uh, this idea that Trump's gonna round up the bad guys and prevent Biden from getting the inauguration. Um, let's start with Romans 1. Romans 1 teaches that everyone knows that there's a God. We see creation, we have a conscience, we look around us, and we, well, there's no doubt that there's a God, there's order to this universe. And because we're made in God's image, we have a sense of justice. We want the bad guys punished. We want the good guys um, to, to prevail. And, and of course, we'd all like to be the good guys. And that's one of the reasons there's so many perverted versions of justice that manipulates things so we, we're the good guys, right? I think the social justice movement is a great example of that. Um, changing the definitions of virtue and, and righteousness and justice in order to assign some kind of purity to the, the group that uh, feels that you know, they're, they're not being assigned the right place in this whole scheme. And then to assign, uh, to cast doubt and to cast um, hate really on, on groups of people who uh, just because they benefit from a system, et cetera, that kind of stuff, uh, they're somehow evil. So it, it, there's, there's a wrong kind of morality, there's a wrong uh, way of thinking, and, and there's a perversion of justice. But even those people that believe that they, they have, they're, they're made in the image of God. They can't escape the fact that they still want justice. They're, why should they? If we're just matter in motion, we're animals, well, who cares who wins? Who cares um, what happens? Uh, so 
the social justice movement is a good example of a perversion of justice, but it's also a, a version of justice, and it's not justice, it's injustice, but it's, it's a, a skewed view of justice that kicks God out the door so that um, the, all the judgment, all the justice must happen on this earth in the here and now. And, um, and I, I, I understand we, should, we all have a desire to see justice done on this earth, but as Christians, we know that ultimately it won't be. Um, so our expectations are a little different. We, we fight hard, as hard as we possibly can, using uh, all the means that uh, are legally and um, uh, in, in keeping with Christian law possible for us to, uh, to use in order to achieve justice on this earth as much as we possibly can. We want systems, uh, criminal justice systems, etc., that reflect the justice of our Creator. But we also know that because we're sinners, there's going to be corruption, there's going to be flaws. And so for Christians um, who, who understand what the Bible teaches, this is not a huge surprise that there would be uh, voter fraud, that there would be corruption, that the FBI and some of our deep state agencies would be corrupt, um, that there may even be, uh, you know, pedophilia rings and stuff like that. I mean, this isn't a shock to someone who understands the biblical teaching of man. And, I, you know, I, 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 before last year, there was some documentary, I forget, um, that came out that uh, tried to shine a light on this issue of pedophilia. And before that ever came out, I always knew, I mean, I, I came from Southern California initially, and, um, and, and, you know, some family members had some ties to Hollywood, etc. And, and it wasn't a, it, it was a known thing. With those who were in that industry, uh, to, to Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein might be, it might be shocking to many of you, but it, it's not a huge shock to people who, uh, just had any familiarity with Hollywood and the licentious lifestyle that many of those actors and actresses live, etc. So, so none of these things should be a huge shock. Now, I think because of that desire, that desire exists because we so badly want to see people we know to be evil punished. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it, it plays into our desires when we hear someone very confidently asserting that, uh, you know, justice is going to be done. It's right around the corner. Just be patient. And, and, and cause that's what we want to hear. Just like the left has their media that tell them everything they want to hear. Um, I think there's, and it's a very, it's a much smaller, it doesn't even compare to the machine that the, the left has. But there are some some small time bloggers, etc., who promote things that may, may be benefiting them, but uh, it's it, they're playing to what people want to hear. And I'm not saying that's it. There's uh, and please ha hang on with me if you're if you're saying, oh, this guy's just going to browbeat us. I'm not going to browbeat you um, if if that's something that you've been under the impression of, because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. I I have wondered over the last. I might have even said it. I have wondered over the last month whether or not the Insurrection Act is going to be used and. Uh, whether or not uh, Donald Trump is going to use the emergency broadcast system and these kinds of things. It's not, that, that kind of stuff uh, is not out of the realm of possibility in my mind. It hasn't been at least. Now, now I think it is, but it hasn't been. So um, continuing on here, there's also a sense in which when you're hopeless, uh, you, you want, you desire good news even more. And I think conservatives and just traditional Americans, decent Americans, working class people, they've, 
we, we've been lied to so many times. Um, you think about, you know, think about your days uh, when maybe some of you are or will uh, date someone and you have a bad breakup, which most people do. Most people go through uh, a couple breakups if they date before uh, finding the person that they're going to marry. And, uh, and if you didn't go through that, praise God, but, but many people do go through that. And when you do go through that, um, oftentimes, if it's a bad breakup, if it hurts you, if you felt, um, you know, just, I trusted you and, and you let me down kind of thing, then um, there's, there's this thing called the rebound, right? Where you're going to go and, and you're going to latch onto someone else and you might even build them up in your mind to, to, you know, you start thinking, they're everything that I was missing in that last person I dated. You know, uh, you know, they're kind, they treat me with respect, they, or they love me, they, they do all these things. And they're human, they're all, everyone's human, right? But you, you start to build up a fantasy sometimes in your mind because you've been so lied to. And that could be um, playing into part of this is that you've been so lied to by the mainstream media. Some of you, if, if you, um, you know, have, have been waiting for Trump to, to pull some kind of insurrection out, act out of his pocket, you know, you, you've been listening to people who are telling you that, and it sounds in some ways more credible than the mainstream media, because sometimes um, they'll bring up uh, things that, you know, you, you don't have explanations for. You don't have a paradigm for understanding why there's 25,000 troops in D.C. right now. You know, how can that be? You don't understand how in the world could anyone have made it into the Capitol on January 6th? This must be, you know, a deep state operation. And it's very possible. I talked to an intelligence guy, actually, who was there uh, outside the Capitol watching, and he gave me some, some really interesting observations um, about what he observed. Uh, I talked to about five people in that audience, and, and I would not be surprised um, if there, there were some, some deep state connections as well. I'm not attributing it all to that. It certainly wasn't all that. But, um, but because the media doesn't investigate any of these things, because they don't even want to tell you about the role of uh, left-wing groups in, in that incident, they don't want to show you the crowd that was outside that had no clue about any of that. They don't want to show you the timeline. They, you feel like you've been lied to just in that one incident. They don't want to tell you what Trump said about a peaceful march, etc. So, so you're saying, I'm going to reject those guys and whoever's just the opposite of them. Whoever just doesn't like them the most, who's, you know, who, who has my interests uh, in mind, I'm going to listen to that person. And, and I think that's a similar dynamic to when you break up and it's a bad breakup. You just want someone who's sometimes like the complete opposite of who you were dating. And, and, and don't do the rebound thing. That's, I think that might be what happened because I think some of these, um, these uh, ideas, these confident assertions have just popped up really within the last few weeks at the most, perhaps maybe the last year or two. And I think it's because the mainstream media, especially, but big tech, um, just about every institution has abused their credibility so much that you don't know who to turn to. You don't know who to trust. And so that's why um, the other day when I did a podcast with, uh, with Gordon Sanchez and Raul Drip, um, I wanted to talk about just a few things that, that help me kind of figure out whether a source is more or less trustworthy, right? What do they have to benefit from? Are they benefiting off of you? Um, what do they have to lose is a really good, important question. Like, you know, the MyPillow guy has a lot to lose in coming out and saying there's been a fraudulent election, right? So um, I would tend to, my ears perk up when I hear someone like that, because I think, well, he's got a lot to lose. So, you know, that it takes some guts to, to say what he's saying. It doesn't mean it's right just because of that, but um, but you, you certainly, someone doesn't just, you know, haphazardly make a decision like that. Now, someone who has nothing to lose might. 
And so you got to evaluate those things. You got to um, evaluate, are there other sources that you can trust that correlate some of these things and are saying the same thing? Now, look, you could have a, um, I learned this in history, you could have one source that's inaccurate and then 10 historians or 10 secondary sources repeating the inaccuracy. So the, the amount of sources isn't what you're looking for. It's the, it's different sources. It's, it's trying to say, um, like if there's a car accident, right? You, and there's three people who saw it and they all made a report and the reports reconcile with each other in some way. Well, you, you have a pretty good idea of what happened, right? Rather than one guy reporting it and then 10 journalists, you know, reporting what that one guy said. So that's what I mean about different sources. So that's another th way you can try to verify whether a source is being accurate or not. And then of course, throughout time, you can test. You can see, okay, this person said something was happening or was gonna happen. Did it happen? Did it come true? Um, and if it did, then, uh, then, then you have, there's more credibility there. Uh, I said in the last podcast, I think Michael O'Fallon from Sovereign Nations has said a lot of things over the last few years that sounded crazy at first, but we watched a lot of them come true. And so someone like that has more credibility in my mind doesn't mean everything someone says is true. You still, you need to evaluate based on what you know as well. Uh, since I was, you know, in DC, I wasn't in the Capitol, but I was outside. I can evaluate a lot of the news stories that came out and I knew immediately there was a spin going on because I was there. And so that's another way you evaluate. What do you actually know to be true? And then what do you know about human nature? Uh, what do humans generally do? Humans uh, tend towards corruption. They tend not to want to give up power. They tend to want to increase their power. Uh, they tend um, to to justify their sin. Uh, you, you have to assume a biblical anthropology. And once you do that, um, and uh, you know you can apply that to to the news as well and to sources. So those are just a few things off the top of my head. but um, but that's kind of how I look at the news. And of course, over the past year, my news choices have have started to change as well. i I haven't really been listening to Fox News for a long time. Um, I, you know, right now, I, I tend to think a lot of the things OAN is reporting on is pretty good. I think Real America's Voice has been doing pretty well. I think the Epoch Times has been doing very well. Uh, it doesn't mean every single article is, is all good, but they've, overall, they seem to want to pursue the truth. They're doing the investigative journalism that we don't see being done. And so these are some, a few sources that I do like to look to and I appreciate. Now, um, one, the other thing I wanted to say is that you know, I'm reminded a little bit of when a society is dying, and in some ways, and, and I hate to break this to you, but the, the Western Christian uh, society that existed in the United States is, is dying in some ways. Um, did Donald Trump win in a landslide? I think there's, it's a very poss possible thing that he did. Did he win? I, I believe that, yes. Because I've, I've actually, look at the Navarro reports, look at um, some of these, I, I mean, I've listened to the hearings that have been going on in these state capitals, and I've seen uh, the testimony, etc. I do believe, yes, but um, that being said, the, the institutions themselves, education, Hollywood, entertainment, the government now, uh, the administrative state, um, just about everywhere you turn, uh, even the church now, uh, Big Eva as we call it, is pretty much taken over by people who are pumping the same narrative, the same elitist narrative. And so um, in that sense, there, there's not a whole lot of representation in those spheres for conservative, traditional, Christian, you know, decent Americans. There's just, we, we don't have a lot of representation in those fields. And, and so I think um, it's safe to say that 
the, the halls of power have been co-opted by people who hate God, who hate the foundation of this country. They want to deconstruct it. They make, want to make it something different. And when something like that happens, when there's defeat on its way, especially in military defeat, um, there, I've, just, I've noticed this in just my own study of history, there tends to be a almost last-ditch kind of uh, hope that something's going to come through and in the end we're going to win the day. I'll give you two examples of it. Um, one is the ghost dance, which uh, the Paiute Indians started, and then it spread to the Lakota and to other tribes. And they, they had this idea that their shirts could block bullets. And that didn't go so well from them. Uh, if they did this ghost dance, and that there, there, there was a prophecy that they were going to, to beat the, the European descendants who were coming that west. Uh, they were gonna beat the United States military. Um, you, you see this to some extent even in the Boxer Rebellion in China, um, reacting against modernity, thinking that, you know, we're going to go back to this chi traditional Chinese uh, way of living. You see this even in Nazi Germany when the Allies were invading. There were many Germans who thought that, well, we're going we're gonna to keep fighting even though the Allies are in our own country because, you know, the German scientists have a secret weapon. They've been holding it back, but they have a secret weapon. It's going to come out. And so th this is a natural thing. I want people to understand that. You, you shouldn't be browbeating people who, who want this, who desire that. It's a natural tendency. You want to, to the way of life that you've enjoyed, um, your people, your, your culture, uh, those kinds of things. Um, you want to preserve those things, and you don't want to believe that they could be gone or dying. Now, I don't think we're quite where you know, the Germans were or the Lakota or the, or, um, the Chinese in these situations, uh, I think that um, we, we are, we're in a similar position in some ways, but I, there's also, uh, if it's true that the majority and perhaps a supermajority of Americans actually did vote for Donald Trump, and even if they didn't, you know, you still have millions of them, even if it wasn't 80, 80 million, you still have 75 million who voted for Donald Trump. Now, those aren't all conservative, you know, Bible-believing, obviously, people, but they are people who value civil liberties at some on some level, uh, and so um, they they have they, they trace back that that love for liberty traces back to a Christian understanding of freedom of conscience, an English common law understanding, which English common law basically is tradition applied to Christian principles. So, so there are a lot of people who think the same way, and they're not, they're still there. They could be deplatformed from Twitter, from social media. We're, we're still here. And, and so there's going to be other alternatives popping up. And, um, and I think you can take some, some courage in that, some heart in that. And, and this is why I've said think local, act local. Uh, like Brian McClanahan likes to say, in your local community, get involved. Trust your neighbors. Uh, your neighbors are the people that are going to defend you more than anyone else against the incursion of the modern state. And so, you know, build up your communities to resist the tyranny that's coming. And, uh, and, and, and you know, if you, strong communities, strong local communities with uh, leaders who are accountable, uh, they make a big difference in the grand scheme because really downstream from that is where, uh, you know, local Republican parties, if it were, if you're in another party, whatever party that is, they're the ones that are going to be picking the leaders who are going to run for the state offices, the national offices, and they're going to affect uh, the center. So, um, so that's, that's where I would concentrate my effort right now. But 
I think it's natural for people to want to believe that, you know, their, their values are going to win out in the day, their cultures, you know, still going to be there. Um, and justice is going to be served. That's a very natural tendency. And it's, it's very natural because we've been dumbed down by the mainstream media, which let's face it, the mainstream media is basically the biggest conspiracy theory organization, the biggest fake news organization, the masters of spin, because I think we've been so used to that and dumbed down by that. Um, some of us have even lost maybe our critical faculties to be able to uh, start to uh, adjudicate what is truthful, what is not, or what at least we should listen to and what we shouldn't. And so that's, that's a challenge that I have for some of you is uh, moving forward, you know, after Biden um, gets inaugurated and anything short of some kind of miraculous intervention, I mean, Bi look, Biden could die of, of some, I don't know, he's a heart attack or so it's possible. You know, there, there could be a lot of things that happen. But um, if, if things follow the natural course of events as they're laid out, you know, Donald Trump has even talked about the Biden administration by name. Melania Trump has said her farewell. The, the, this is, this is going to happen and it's going to be bad and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, there's, there's a caravan coming right now and, you know, the, the, the Senate will fall into the hands of the Democrats uh, with uh, Kamala Harris as the tiebreaker. And this is... Uh, a devastating thing in a way, um, because I, you know, there's some good evidence now that the two uh, runoffs in Georgia uh, had significant fraud uh, that put put them over. Um, um, but but the effects of that are going to essentially be the Democrats are going to control things, and they're going to get a lot of stuff. They're Biden's going to undo all the executive orders of Trump. He's on the his first day. He's already promised um, the transgender bathroom issue. It's the first thing he's going to do. And for all the Christians who thought, well, Trump's not a Christian and he, we shouldn't vote for him and stuff. You're going to, don't listen to those guys anymore. Please don't listen to them. You're about to find out what uh, a Biden administration actually looks like. I think it was Beth Moore who had said a couple months ago, now the adults are in charge or something like that. Yeah, we're about to see whether the adults know what a boy is and what a girl is. Uh, and so, um, speaking about Beth Moore actually went after me yesterday, kind of, I don't think she's ever done that. She went after me on Twitter, um, and it didn't go so well for, for her, but, uh, I wanted to say that my, my allegiance to Trump is blinding me because I don't think Christian nationalism was somehow responsible for the quote unquote storming of the Capitol. Um, no, I don't think it was, <laughs> uh, but you know, she's, she, she's in la la land. And so are a lot of these guys. David French is in absolute la la land. Um, the, the, the people that are supposedly the smart ones among us in evangelical land are showing themselves to be absolute fools. They have no, no touch, no, no, um, they're just not in touch with the, the people that they claim to, to represent and be writing for, etc. Really what they're doing, and I want you to understand this, is they're posturing themselves for a role in what effectively, whether it's labeled this way or not, is going to be a state religion. Russell Moore is going to be part of the state religion. And those who um, played ball in the denominations, uh, played that didn't go after and didn't name names, and they're, you know, tried to, to sort of pacify uh, the people to their right, but all, always played ball with the left, um, Al Mohler being one of them, these guys are, they're trying to keep their institutions afloat, that their institutions will survive, and so, of course, they're going to con condemn people who believe in objective truth and think that there's fraud that happened in many of these swing states. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a shame. It's a real shame. Uh, the Great Reset is upon us. But take hope. Take hope in the Lord because the Lord is, 
is there. We believe in an internal reality. The, look, the judgment that you want, some of you wanted to happen, uh, to have happen before the inauguration tomorrow, it's going to happen. It's just going to be after this life. And there's a whole lot more time on the other side than there is in this short breath, as Ecclesiastes calls it. Take heart, build local, um, protect your families, protect your community. Uh, we're going to have David Botkin on. Um, he's going to talk about uh, some, even, even a theology of force and protecting yourself um, uh, through force. We're going we're, we're gonna to answer the practical questions you're probably not getting from a lot of your pastors and leaders, uh, certainly not Gospel Coalition blogs. We're going to start going into that stuff because you need to know, and, and we have been going into it. Um, I need On that note, I do need to say that some people said that were upset at me, a few people. I was, I was surprised at the kickback I, back I got for promoting Bitcoin. Um, I do need to clarify something. For some reason, some people got the impression that I just wanted, I guess, to put everyone to put all their money in, into Bitcoin, and nothing could be further from the, the truth. I actually just want you to diversify your portfolio. And if you have the ability to do that, you should. I think you should invest in precious metals. I think you should invest in land. I'm going to be honest with you. For me, land has always been the biggest investment, always been the thing that I thought is the best, is the, you know, that's what I should be investing in. Uh, and it's what I have invested in more of my money than anything else. Um, and I come from a, a family that believes that as well. So um, stocks is another one, but I don't, I'll, I'll be honest, personally, I don't have anything in the stock market. I used to have um, a little bit and I took it all out. I, I just, it, I have to keep up with it and I, I don't have time for that. Um, Bitcoin can be a little bit like the stock market in some ways, uh, but with, with the fluctuation in price. But I, I think I, I used to have an aversion to it. I just I didn't trust cryptocurrencies at all. And I still don't trust pretty much every other cryptocurrency. But I do think um, Bitcoin, there's been longevity there. They've, they've, and it, it, yeah, look, it could be a bubble waiting to burst. I, I totally get that. Totally get why people um, were upset in some ways. But, but you need to understand, I'm not telling anyone to invest all their money in Bitcoin. I only have about 1500 bucks in it. And, uh, and, and that's, and, and, and honestly though, I think there's a foolishness though in thinking that it's so much inferior to the dollar. And that's, I think that's where I'm coming from is the dollar's got some major issues with it and we could be seeing a, a collapse here real soon. I don't know. Um, we could see, we have a bubble right now, I believe, uh, even in the, um, the, the property values. Uh, in real estate. I think there's another real estate bubble forming right now. And I think it'll get worse once Biden gets in because his policies will most likely uh, revert to giving substandard loans and these kinds of things. Um, it, it's a volatile world, but we need to be smart. We need to diversify. We need to um, check into some of these things. And ultimately, uh, there's nothing sure this side of heaven. You can buy all the gold. You can buy all the land. You could, there's, nothing, there's nothing sure. Um, invest in, look, invest in things that will either help you acquire food or invest in food too. If you really have a, an emergency, it's good to have some, some emergency food. It's good to have firearms. Uh, I have a, I have a bow, um, and, and that's for hunting. You know, I, I love shooting my bow. So these are some things people don't know about me. I don't really talk about it, but I have a whole nother life other than this podcast. And, um, and I think you all need to have a whole nother life other than politics as well. So, uh, so just some, some advice that I have that I, I wanted to get through to you. Um, some reflections uh, and some announcements. So uh, announcement number one, uh, I've, I'm sending out a bunch of books today for those who ordered um, in early January. 
And um, I'm sorry, I've been very busy and uh, I was overwhelmed. I got about maybe six or seven times the amount of orders that I was expecting. And so I had to order another 60 books of uh, Scott David Allen's um, uh, biblical, why biblical justice or social justice is not biblical justice. And I should be getting those in that this week. And as soon as I get those in, all the rest will be sent out and you will be getting your, your books. And uh, I understand some of you, uh, you know, are, are have, you want the book now, I get it. Um, part of part of the sacrifice i guess you make some of you is when you when you order it from me it may take a few weeks for it to get there uh and um uh maybe even uh, i know last year it took some people a, a month and a half that was the longest i think because i was waiting for the publisher to send me books and i kept getting told covid was preventing so um uh, that's not a problem right now uh, but it might take you a few weeks sometimes, and um, the the upside is you're getting two books for twenty bucks, including shipping, and you're getting one of them autographed. You cannot beat that. So um, I just wanted to say that I'm I'm doing my best for you on that front. On the um, on the website front, on the Discerning Christians website, uh, we were going to do a beta launch on Friday Saturday, and I looked at it and I contacted the program the programmer who's overseeing this, and I just said, look, I we need to do, there's some things that I just think, I, I, we can't launch this right now. Uh, we need to figure that out. So I got a message from him this morning that he's figuring it out. Is um, One of them was like a, a map integration thing where um, it was set up to try to be very private so that if you, you wouldn't see any of the churches or people who uh, are of like mind and faith unless you specifically put in what region you were searching in and we give you like a hundred mile radius of that region or something. And I just said, you know, it wasn't working well, and it just, I think we just, you can use an avatar if you're afraid of security issues. Use an avatar, put an email address that you wouldn't use, and, you know, that can be, you know, used so that you don't get doxxed. I mean, that's 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 what we're going to push, but uh, it's being worked on right now, and I think we're, we're very close to, to launching that. Um, I was in Chicago uh, over the past few days. I had a great time uh, with some, some believers there, really just dark area, but I've I've just gained so much respect for the people who live there boldly. And I want to give you, I want to show you this clip. This is um, at the a church that we were at there. Um, and uh, I was asked to just say a few comments to the audience. And here's what I said. And I want you to focus on when the audience cheers uh, at the church. And think to yourself, would this happen at your church? And this is a church in liberal land. This is in Chicago. They understand the effects of the mask mandates and the lockdowns and the preventing you know, people from going to church. They understand the threat of social justice. And remind you, this is an audience of mainly uh, minorities. Uh, they weren't, they're not minorities for where they live. They live in a very Hispanic area in Chicago. But uh, nationally speaking, uh, mostly Hispanics, uh, black people. There's, some, there's a few white people in there as well. But just these aren't you know, Christian white nationalists. Look at where they're cheering when I say what I say. So, so check this out. Tell us what you're doing, what your story is, and why you do conversations that matter. Yeah, first I'd like to say thank you for having us. And I know there's been cameras kind of going around here. So um, you, guys, you guys are not worldly woke, you're Jesus woke. That's what I realized. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a reform guy. Some of you know what that means, some of you don't. But I'm just now waking up and getting into the groove of it. And I appreciate it. You've encouraged my heart. Uh, the heart of your pastor is just incredible. We were downtown watching uh, Pastor and then Juan do some preaching, and uh, the boldness is infectious. 
Uh, it spreads uh, faster than COVID, which is what we want. Uh, so um, I, want, I wanted to just read for you. So this is from Scripture. This is uh, from the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. And it's a, it's a verse that I've thought a few times as we've been filming. We were just at Nini's earlier this morning. That was emotional. Um, but I'm going to read for you from verse 12. It says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though something strange were happening to you. Does everyone feel like something strange is happening? It's actually not that strange. 2,000 years ago, someone said, it's not that strange. Uh, you don't think it's strange. But to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you may be also rejoice and be overjoyed. We're supposed to have joy. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Now, here's the warning. It says, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. And that's exactly the story that we're telling here. This is the story of Nini's Dally, the story that, uh, of Juan, and we've just appreciated it so much. We're looking forward, hopefully, in a month or two to get this online. We're going to have the gospel it's going to show the hypocrisy of the BLM movement and the social justice movement. Uh, it's going to show the hypocrisy of, uh, I'm just going to say it, the COVID Nazis, because that's who they are. And they want to suppress Christians who want to come and worship Christ. And so we're not going to let that happen. We're going to expose them at every turn, and we're going to share the alternative, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. If we repent, if we turn to him from our sin, then even if we die from COVID or whatever it is, because we're all going to die, we have a place with him. So you want to say something, Juan? Oh, man, I just wanted to, well, just piggyback on what this brother's saying. I, I don't look, I was just saying earlier, we don't look at anything uh, that happened at Nini's or that happened with our family or anything like that with our heads down in shame. We give glory to Jesus. Amen. We are stoked to be persecuted for Christ. I've actually said it before, and I'll say it again. The only thing that I wish I could do differently is that I would go harder for Jesus even more, even harder for Jesus again. So thank you so much, guys. Isn't that something? Well, hey, I appreciate you guys listening today uh, with me just sharing some of my thoughts. I hope um, it encourages you and helps you think through some of these things. And, uh, you know, we have, we have an awesome God, and you look around, you count your blessings. It's going to be rough, guys. It's going to be, I'm not sugarcoating, it's going to be really rough the next few years. And I fully expect that there will be Christians jailed. Um, I fully expect that we will lose, um, as we are losing right now, but we will fully lose some of our civil liberties. I, I expect a lot of bad things to happen. I, I encourage you, think local. Act local. Uh, create spheres uh, for um, lesser magistrates to, um, I, I mean, I think of Ron DeSantis right now, the governor of Florida. He is uh, even trying to, I don't know what action, I just saw a headline, he's trying to take action against big tech, but you know, he's bracing himself. Um, you wanna be with people, un, you know, people that you can trust in your local community. Uh, that's, that, that's my best advice for you. Um, we're gonna talk more about some of the questions everyone has over the next few weeks. Uh, God bless you. Oh, one final thing. If you want to contribute, <laughs> I forgot. If you want to contribute to the Nini's Deli documentary, um, we have a link. You can go to the info section right here. Go to the info section. Check out the link. 
uh, and you can contribute to that documentary. Uh, we are 75% there, uh, last I checked, with the funding for this, and a um, little sneak peek, I'll just tell you this, uh, while we were out there, um, we talked about doing another documentary, and we have a number of ideas uh, because it worked, it just worked out so well. Everyone jived with each other, and we can do. A, we we have a strike force. We have a a, a small camera team that is, you know, we're lean, mean, uh, you know, camera machines, uh, quick in, quick out. Uh, you know, don't waste time. Don't uh, be efficient with the money that you guys have have given to us. I mean, that's who we are. And um, and I'm even thinking for some projects, I'm gonna send two guys. I'm just gonna be like, guys, over the weekend, go to this location, get all the footage you can. I mean, we were filming like almost nonstop, um, just taking taking breaks to sleep to maybe like two nights we had like maybe two hours to kind of chill and the rest of the time was just work and that's that's how we're, we're doing it. And uh, we got a number of ideas and we're, we're not gonna go through all the red tape and the rigmarole of trying to put stuff in theaters or trying to, no, we're not doing the streaming services yet or any of that. Uh, we're just gonna get the information to you as quick as possible, as powerful as possible, uh, we're getting people stories. It's emotional. It's effective. You can send it to your friends. It's shareable. It's going to be on Rumble, YouTube, probably Vimeo, maybe, I don't know, whatever other platforms we can find. And, uh, and that's the goal. And, um, and before we left, I asked uh, the guys, because my plane left first, I said, hey, can you go get some footage of, um, I'm not going to say what it is yet. I'm giving my sneak peek. But I said, could you go get some footage of something else uh, in this city um, before you get on the plane? and get some B-roll of it, but get to do some interviews because this is gonna be helpful for the next documentary we do. So I want you guys to understand, um, we're going full steam ahead, we're motivated, we're encouraged by your giving. And if you wanna give to the Nini's Deli Project, uh, you can go to the info section there, you can give there. And, um, and we're just excited for what's ahead. And uh, it's an adventure, guys. It's gonna be an adventure the next couple of years. And we're gonna, we're gonna mourn together, but we're also gonna laugh together, and we're gonna we're gonna probably get canceled together and find alternatives uh, for uh, getting the the truth out there, which is all we want to do. So God bless you, and um, I hope that was encouraging. Bye now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.